So you want to rock an aesthetics career? <laughs> yes, please. Welcome to a brand new episode of Illuminating the Path, where you'll get your weekly shot of real career direction. And maybe a little tea. I'm Patty. Marissa here. Coming straight to you from the world's beauty mecca. LA, baby. Illuminating the Path starts now. Let's go. Hey guys, welcome back. Patty Rappa. I'm sharing a little bit about what it looks like to eliminate the path to an aesthetics career and really make sure that you're doing things right. Make sure that no matter what, you have some good, solid information to know what questions to ask. Um, joined again by my esteemed colleague, Marissa Michi. Welcome, Marissa. Hello. Thank you. We are excited to sharing some of these points today. We're talking all about medical directors setting up your um, proper proper documentation, proper steps and game plan to being in this space. Now, there's different phases to working as um, a med spa practitioner. Um, first phase is obviously getting your knowledge and getting good practice. Um, we have a little roadmap that we give all of our new hires as to what you can expect in the next two years working with us and building your career as a aesthetics provider. Um, and then it, it goes in um, phases. And so on the last phase is when we actually encourage someone to break out into their own uh, practice and work. And when I say their own practice, I'm going to talk about what that really means on a legal level. None of this is deemed to be legal advice. Please note that I'm not a lawyer. I'm not in any way, shape or form looking to give anyone any kind of legal advice. I will give you sources to um, garner you know, information from and really, really good solid organizations that you can um, uh, uh, become members of and work to understand what, um, you know, what the legal side of this looks like, but I'm just sharing stories of how I did it. And then Marissa is going to be giving us some really good insight from an RN's perspective on what it means for her and to have these pieces in, in place for her license, for her peace of mind, for her client's peace of mind, all of it. Um, so yeah, we're going to, we're going to dive a little deeper today and really help helping you guys understand the blueprints, the structure of everything. Um, so let's start with medical director. Um, that's been a, a big one. Um, well, let me put that actually, let me shelf that I, we're going to touch on that, but I think the bigger concern is getting started in that first phase and um, making sure that you have the right expectations going in. So as we shared in our previous podcast, it is about how you show up. It is about how you present your at least industry knowledge. You may not have the industry experience, but definitely should have tons of industry knowledge on what happens, how we do these different procedures, what they're um what they're involved, you know, with and how you go about making sure that you're seasoned up in, in these areas, if you need to, you know, learn and take classes. Um, that's part one is to do your homework and is to really understand the, the context of how we navigate um, these different treatments. But part two is to start thinking along the lines of what you want to do to specialize. Um, it can be pretty broad. There's a lot. Um, let's, let's start teasing that out, Marissa, because I feel like that one is incredibly helpful for everyone to understand. So at Loose Lounge, we're what you call a part of an early phase. 
type med spa um, by design over the last 10 years, I've curated kind of the best of the best that LA has to offer. I've packaged it up into um, a sexy little, you know, membership program. And we have great little packages. Everything is designed to be turnkey. Everything's designed to be incredibly easy, no downtime. And everything's designed to actually be easy for new nurses that are that we hire. We do specialize in onboarding new nurses that need training. Sorry if you hear my little dog in the background. She's sad because my <laughs> husband went to an appointment and he she's absolutely can you hear her? I, not until you said anything, but <laughs> She's out. She's crying because she's like, where is he? She oh, loves him so much. She misses daddy. <laughs> she needs her daddy. Maggie. Oh my God. <laughs> you have to say, you have to tell the Ken Lee and how he oh, the Ken about Lee. Ken Lee. Okay. Well, it just, just, to, we call my husband Ken, Ken Lee because, um, it's <laughs> such a, such a different, like total, like branching out into some other, like I'm, I'm, I'm devolving here, but anyhow, it's, it's, it's funny. It's, um, she, you know, we, she's a rescue. We've only had her for about three months, but she fall, she fell in love with my husband like day one and they've been inseparable. He, she, he can't even leave the room without her, but, um, it's, it's kind of funny in the sense that, you know, when he starts to get ready to go and everything, she starts getting fanatic. She's like, where are you going? Where are you going without me? And so I started calling him Ken Lee. If you guys ever watch any of those, like, I don't know, American Idol, you know, shows or whatever, it's like, the foreign ones, you know, they ask people that, I guess they don't speak English. They hear a certain, you know, word combination and that's what they call it. So there's a Mariah Carey song called can't live without you. And a lot of times they'll ask the participants, you know, what song are you going to sing? And so many times they actually made like, I I think there's actually like, um, gifts out there with like, Ken Lee, Ken Lee, Ken Lee. Lee. (laughs) And I guess people here can't live and they, they've, they, they think it's Ken Lee. So when they're actually seeing it, they're like, Ken Lee, Ken Lee. <laughs> without That's you. So I think that was an, that, I think that was American Idol, like Philippines, or it was like a, a it was another I, country. Yeah, it's like, oh, it's so funny when you, when you posted or you said Ken Lee, like I knew exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> Mariah Carey can't live without you. <laughs> and so funny. that's, that's his new name. Where's my Ken Lee? My Ken Lee. Ken Lee. <laughs> um, so yeah, if you hear like Helen is because he went to a doctor appointment and he didn't take her with him. Yeah. Terrible, terrible. Anyhow, um, <laughs> back to our med spa like structure. Um, we, yeah. So we had a lot of this, um, you know, initial yeah, research and development and all this stuff. And that's what we're, we're looking at. So that's part two is to specialize, um, with what we're doing, you know, it's a little easier. We specialize in hiring, um, you know, newer nurses, training them up. And this is what we call the first two years of training and mastering the craft, because it's very much, um, about learning the ins and outs. We've curated everything to be super easy for everyone to learn. And we have tremendous, you know, training and lots of stacked. I mean, Marissa does a ton of like stacked to stacked, you know, training after training. Um, we quality control, we come back, how are you doing? You need more training. So we're always all about the training. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once they kind of graduate that two year mark is when a lot of them will, you know, go off and, you know, dabble in it. A lot of folks, we've had nurses that have actually spun off their own med spas uh, from there. And when I say when they spun, spin off their med spas, 
they spin off their spas. You can't have your own medical spa as a nurse in the state of California yet. There are laws now that are presented. There's bills out there where NPs are going to be able to have their own spas without the medical director or the doctor very right. soon. Yeah. I think 2025 is. Yeah. Year. Yeah. And that, that was actually another reason why we started this podcast is thinking, okay, so why don't we start kind of laying out some roadmaps um, and giving some, you know, good insight on the industry so that by the time this law passes and nurses are ready to run their own show, um, then they have a good, you know, good understanding of what's entailed. Um, but right now, today's day, you can't own your own med spa, you can have your own spa, and then the doctor owns the medical practice of the medical of the medical spa. And I'll, I'll dive a little deeper into that in just a moment. And this, again, this is the state of California. There's a lot of States out there that will, um, not require it. Um, there's States out there. It's not even required to be a nurse to inject, which I think is crazy, but you know, that's just how it is. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, and we'll touch on some of that as well, um, on what you can expect from state to state. Um, but in this particular case, yeah, we, we did kind of lay out this first two year, um, roadmap for our nurses to navigate once they reach that second year, they have our subject experts and they know what they want to specialize in and how they want to go about it. We've been laying out that roadmap now for about five years and it works really well. And it really helps you see clearly, you know, what kind of medical spa, what kind of spa generally you're working under and how you're going to position yourself as a trusted advisor specialist in these spaces. Um, I think the end goal for most people, would you agree, Marissa, is, is injectables? Definitely. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'm so glad that you're doing this. Um, and I always talk to you about this Facebook group that I'm in. Um, I think the number is like 12,000 aesthetic providers, anywhere from estheticians to RNs, but it always comes up about how to get started in the industry and resources and training. And, you know, Patty, you're such a wealth of information and, um, you know, I, I'm glad that we're doing this because I think that a lot of people don't know where to go and don't know the questions to ask. There's not really a lot of resources. So, um, yeah, this is, this is good. This is, um, a lot of people are going to find this, I hope very helpful. Yeah. And that's our goal is for you to navigate. I think that that was my first aha moment was, um, thank you for that, by the way, for the the compliment. I appreciate that. Um, it, it was, it was, um, I was seeing a lot of, we were hiring nurses and nurses and nurses, and it was always like this thing where, um, I, over the years I started kind of seeing a pattern of these clients are not coming in to see the doctor. They're coming to see you guys. They're coming in to create relationships with you guys. Um, and so when I started to build the model for loose lounge, I very much made it about centering it around what the nurses know how to do. Um, a lot of med spas out there. Um, and again, it sounds like kind of a plug, but it's more of like sharing the, the, why it's important to know where you place or where you want to place in this, um, kind of, um, circle of life of med spa world, because, um, it's all about, you know, every, everyone has their, their unique positioning and knows where they want to land. Um, we have nurses that just want to do IV drips. You know, I've, I've one that's actually flying in from, um, Texas to shadow you, Marissa, um, mm -hmm. next month. 
and she specializes in IV drips, has a wonderful, very, very lucrative practice out there. Um, and she does amazing with just going, you know, around, she has a team that she works with and she just goes place to place and has her own clinic and, you know, and her doctor supports her hundred percent and she's rocking the IV world. We have other nurses, um, that are incredibly gifted at managing, you know, the skin textures and knowing how to really navigate, you know, the micro needling and the peels and all that stuff. We've had folks over the years that have very much had that, um, incredible just depth of knowledge on the skin textures. Um, and then Marissa, you're specialized in, I mean, you have such an amazing art when it comes down to your injectables, you're so conservative. You are all about the natural look. Feel free to talk about that. Cause that's yeah. a big deal. No, that's just my, I love, um, being able to not convince, but show patients that you can have injectables and it could look so natural and that, you know, just trying to get rid of that stigma that injectables looks like a real housewife, <laughs> not naming any names. Some but... of the housewives look decent, but others, uh, not so much. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I love, I mean, I very open about what I do and, in, in fillers and injectables, but you know, there's a lot of injectors that just specialize in injectables, but I, since I have a dermatology background and I worked at a dermatology office for a while, um, being able to talk about the skin and how the skin is so important, you know, it's a good adjunct and it's the best compliment that you can give your injectables, all the thousands that you're spending on injectables every, you know, every year, if your skin looks like, you know, it needs work, then I, you know, and I don't usually bring that up to patients unless they ask, but I do try to talk about that in, on my Instagram account and just, um, you know, I, I'm able to kind of show patients and talk about just a range of treatments. This is what we could do for some of your dynamic lines. And then the lower face, let's talk about, you know, how the skin ages and a lot of what we see in Southern California is sun exposure, you know, and how much they're in the sun and how much that's damaging their skin over time. I used to work at the dermatology office I worked at. I did a day in the OR where the surgeons were taking away or take cutting out uh, skin cancers. So seeing that side of it too, is was eye-opening for me that it shows up later in life, not just the aging of the skin, but also those skin cancers, even though, and, you know, you'd hear it over and over again, when I was younger, I used baby oil and tanning oil when, you know, I was young and I haven't been in the sun in my adult life, but this all showed up later. So, um, I like being able to offer my patients and, you know, train other nurses too, that, you know, you can learn injectables, but it's also important to know the skin too. And it's important to offer them skin treatments. And that's why, you know, loose is, is great that we offer, um, offer both. Yeah. And just to give a little of like context, and then there's other loose lounges that we have that are straight up hair removal only, um, because of the, you know, the state laws and the different things that, you know, are available. And so it's important to think on those levels. It's like, how do I get my foot in the door? How do I start? How do I, um, line things up properly? So that'd be like phase two. And that was basically understanding, like getting a, a good picture of 
where you want to fall in the, in the scope of all things and, and be, you know, position yourself as a subject expert. Um, I will tell you after all these years of doing this, you cannot do it all a hundred percent and have your heart in all of it at the same time. So if you say, Oh, I just want to do everything. Um, it's tough. It's really tough. Um, someone that does hair removal all day and understands the lasers and understands how, um, the, the different, um, frequencies work, the crystals and the lasers, how they affect the skin, um, how people like to streamline their laser services and all that is not going to be, and that's a very specialized space is not going to be the same individual that is telling you how to, you know, artistically enhance your lips and artistically make sure that you don't have puffy eyes if you inject under the eye or overly done cheeks or any of that. So, um, those are the things that, you know, and you may say, well, I, I have to try it all to know what to do. And that's absolutely true. There's nothing wrong with trying it all and, and getting good sound training on all of it. But with the mindset that you're going to really specialize, I had a nurse once that literally she knew how to do it all, but she told me, Patty, I am not going to go and do, there's my little dog. Sorry. Her little <laughs> mine just puppy. walked in. Mine just walked in too. So <laughs> you might hear a dog shaking. Uh, um, yeah. She outright told me, she goes, I am never going to be an aesthetics nurse. I literally do this lasering, um, job all day with the intention of having work-life balance. I make great tips. I make, I, I call my shots on the days I want to work, the days I don't want to work, the days I want to go hang out at the beach. And, you know, and she had a very, very specific game plan for how she wanted to do this aesthetics work. And that's what she did for a good, almost four years with me. And I was like, cool, that's yeah. cool. Whatever works for me. She made tons of money on commission and all kinds of stuff. She, she had a great, you know, um, setup. And then we have other nurses that will literally cringe when you ask them to do laser hair removal and they want to be in the space of doing facials and, and skincare. They don't want to be holding that laser. Um, and again, it's, it's really, and it's important that you communicate, you know, your wants and needs to your management team, your medical director, the folks that you're working with so that those folks can then be very diligent about backing you up in that space. I am incredibly, incredibly, um, verbal about that. I'm like, we're a laser house. We do mostly laser. We have superstar injectors like Marissa that come in, you know, once or twice a week to, you know, specialize and work on her art with the clients, but we don't promise everything under the sun. Um, it's a very unique services. Whereas, you know, we're on Montana Avenue in Santa Monica and there's like literally five spas within a two block radius of us. Right. And so many of those places just specialize on, um, just injectables and that's all they do. Um, and so I say, you know, it's like, that's okay. If you want to do that, do it, do it all day and tout your glory. Um, but just know, know that that's where you're going with it and then communicate that. And then let's all work together to help you build that type of a practice. We're all about like, again, most people are with us for their inception phase of their practice. And then they go off to specialize and work on their own. Um, you're really well suited to work as a commissioned base, um, uh, employee, uh, with injectables and so on, or even any of these services, uh, medical, um, the nurses can make commission, 
um, on medical services, but you have to have a medical license to make commissions on medical services. And I'll get into the, the logistics of that in just a moment. Anything else you want to um, add, Marissa, on just knowing where to specialize and knowing your knowing where you really want to go with your focus? Well, I think you have to try everything, but I do think it's important to just pick something that you're good at because there's so much to learn. Mm -hmm. um, for me, at nine years in the game, I, I mean, I love doing injectables. And um, if I could have my days full of injectables back to back, that's what I, you know, that's what I would that that's what I want to do, mm -hmm. but learning the treatments and, um, giving suggestions because those clients that you build trust, trust with, they're going to want to know, what do you think about this? And what do you think about that? You might not offer it, but you can at least, um, refer them to one of your colleagues or another nurse that's doing it or providing those treatments, but it's hard to know everything and be an expert at everything. Just like, for example, you know, I don't do, and I haven't learned PDO threads. And I don't really want to know, I don't know if I want to know them because yeah. I've already learned injectables and I, I'm, I mean, I'm, I think I'm pretty good at it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, maybe down the road being able to offer it, but people are saying that PDO threads, you know, in five to 10 years, they're going to be kind of, um, it's kind of a fad right now. So yeah. I don't know, but just giving that example of just, you know, you don't have to know everything and yeah. Right. Absolutely. So with that second phase, you know, and thinking on those levels, you will just have a much easier time of, um, you know, getting, getting familiar with things, um, and knowing what to learn and what to study up on. Um, I always encourage, like, if you think you want to, and this is kind of a little bit of a, a side thing, technical thing that, um, a lot of the, the nurses that I used to, you know, work with that were learning injectable and stuff, start practicing on fruit and practice on, you know, you can inject saline all day and you're not going to botch anybody. If you want to practice those things, there's a lot of technical, um, pieces that you can do and see how it feels. See if, yeah. if, if it, if it feels right to you to hold a needle and actually like augment things. Yeah. Um, that's a big piece, right? Yeah. And I think you can actually buy little, um, like rubber or silicone faces. Mm -hmm. You can find them on Amazon and you can practice on, on that, but you really have to be comfortable with the needle in your hand. I mean, I've been to trainings where brand new injectors are shaky. I mean, that the mm -hmm. worst thing you want to be is a shaky injector. Yeah. Um, so getting comfortable with the needle, walking around with it, you know, or just not with anything sharp, but just holding it in your hand and getting that that, that, that anot anatomy thing, you know, you just, yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. And I've had those people injecting me that are shaking and it's like, <laughs> oh my gosh, do they even know what they're doing? Are they nervous? They're making me nervous. Yeah. <laughs> you never want to show, you never want to tell them you're new and you never want to show them that you're, you're shaky. Right. Right. Um, that's, that's one of our formulas at the spa is that, you know, we start everybody out on laser. They have to do laser for a good three to six months. Um, and then we graduate them to our skin RX, which is all of our facials. Um, again, those have been curated, they're trained, you know, just training materials are all, you know, stacked on them. And then we quality control all of that. And then they start injecting. Um, if they take classes outside the spa and they want to inject a little earlier than that, and they can, you know, and our head nurses sign off on that and the doctor's cool with it. 
we will, um, you know, allow a little bit of injectables to happen, but we're big sticklers of a PRP mastering a PRP before you really start injecting. Cause you really can't botch a PRP. Um, and that's kind of our, our little roadmap that we follow at the spa, just to make sure that we don't get into the, you know, weeds with having people doing things that are just not prepared to be doing them. And then who wants to put out that fire? That's like a situation and a half. I can't tell you prior to this, when I was at other spas, how, um, how many conversations I had with pissed off clients and she botched me, she botched me. And it's like, yeah, she did. And it's like, now what do we do? And you can't erase Botox. Botox sits in there. It's like, you can dissolve filler, but you can't dissolve Botox. So someone droops an eyelid and or spocks an eyebrow and you're stuck with that for a while. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about like how, how to set up the, we talked about the one, two, threes, you know, first is to get your, um, your foot in the door with some preliminaries and get, you know, a little bit of everything next is to specialize, start looking at what you want to focus on. And lastly is to, you know, branch out into your own practice or practice within a doctor's practice. That's a safe one to do. And especially in the state of California, a lot of what I'm going to be basing on my experience on is in California, you know, this is where I've built the hub. We own, um, spas in Texas, and those are very similar laws. Um, but uh, we're, we're basing a lot. It's like the, one of the hardest States to work in is California. So I'm just going to be sharing my context and knowledge from that, you know, particular point of view. Um, so working with, um, our medical directors, there's so much, to, you know, to that whole thing, the questions, I think Marissa, you were saying is how do I find, I guess one of the questions, how do I find a medical director? Right. Right. Yeah. I see that a lot in that Facebook group that I'm a part of and contracts with medical directors, how to find a medical director. What are the questions to ask? Does anyone have a copy of a contract? That kind of thing. So I feel like I need to really touch on this because it is very much about perspective on this. So the common everyday, you know, thing is to say, how do I find a medical director for my spa? First of all, that alone is such, you know, and again, I'm basing it on California. Um, Texas is the same. You can't have a medical spa without a medical director, and you certainly can't own a medical spa on your own. And the laws guys are getting much more stringent. There are some serious, serious, again, this is, as I said before, in the previous podcast is the wild, wild west. Um, there's a lot of people trying to get into this like space. Um, there's a lot of very serious players that want to, you know, hire and launch even doctors that are like, yeah, I'll be the medical director and I'll, you know, let's, let's launch a spa, um, because there's money in it and that's the reality of it. There's a lot of money in it. Um, but there is no such thing as a nurse in this state hiring a medical director. Let's start with that. So you can very much partner individually with, and again, none of this is legal advice. This is how I've learned the game. And these are the things that you need to be looking for when you hire an attorney and I'll, I'll direct you in the right um, space. I'll do it now. It's um, the you need to start with first becoming a member of AMSPA, which is incredible. Um, they do so much research and development in this particular space. I can't even tell you how valuable it is to have had those Um, in the early years when I was, you know, in the wrong situation as a manager of a, you know, very 
illegal operation. I was there to manage it. And I went to an AMSPA meeting. I sat in on those panel conversations. I came back from Las Vegas and I raised total hell (laughs) and was deemed a troublemaker. Um, to the point that I got fired from my own. Cause I had, um, I had money invested in the actual spa side of the house. Um, I got fired from that, um, told you're not getting any of your money back. Um, and I had to sue for my money and I still haven't seen it all. Um, but that's a whole other story. I'm not looking to get into that. What I'm mostly interested in relaying is that you need to start following. And you may say, oh, I'll become a member of these organizations when I'm ready to get started uh, or when I'm ready to launch my own. Um, No, you need to be a member and you need to be following and you need to be learning from these types of organizations early in the game so that you know how to structure your career the right way um, and follow the path that it has the least resistance and the least exposure legally. So, and they have some amazing, um, Burden Atento is a firm that is a legal firm that um, they recommend a lot. This is a firm that is, um, once you become a member, you actually can get a legal consult from Burden Atento. And I think that's the name. They can tell you for sure, um, but they line you up with them to get a, a initial legal counsel from them and at least get the ball started um, rolling on this space, on this, on this level, because it's incredibly important that you actually understand when you say I need to hire a medical director that you can't do that. And I promise you the medical board will come knocking and they've come knocking so many times before. Um, they will ask you for your infrastructure. They will ask you to show them how you are set up. And they will fine you and possibly, you know, and they've been known to bring in sheriffs and arrest, not necessarily you, but maybe your medical director that's like, yeah, hey, you're a, a sexy nurse that has great skin. Let's open a spa. I'll be your medical director. Hell no. Mm-hmm. Hell no. You don't know what you don't know until you're in that hot seat. And I've been in that hot seat as a manager where I've had to literally pull out all those documents and present them, hire attorneys, big specialized attorneys that have had to present our cases and say, this is how we're set up. This is how we're doing things. So um, yeah. And, and thankfully we, we've cleared um, every step of the way, but you never know. You just never know when you're doing something illegally. Um, It's unfortunate. We have to like go through all that, right. To like learn the right way. It is you and know, it isn't. I am kind like of thankful. Blessing in disguise. It is because I am thankful that there are these stipulations because honestly, it's it's called in business, it's called a barrier to entry. Um, it's it's a barrier. And if it weren't this way, everybody and their brother would be playing in this space. And we know that that's a very dangerous formula, especially when you start talking about like now you have people that are like on Instagram, shooting people up with high-low pens and calling it lip filler and buying the filler from Amazon and things like that. And it's like, no girl, you may, you may think because you have an esthetician license, you can do this type of work. You know, it's not legal. You are still perforating the skin. You are still causing an injury and you are still operating a medical service without a license. Mm -hmm. And so, um, that's the biggest part for me that has been such a huge, you know, just huge constitutional for me. Um, right. For like, you don't have any, any, there's no wiggle room. You do it right. Or you don't do it at all. 
And so when you talk about hiring a medical director, the first thing that you need to do is you need to hire and work with someone. You need to partner with someone. You're never going to be able to hire them as your employee. You will partner with someone to come and build their medical practice within your practice. And then you will work for that person as an employee of theirs. Um, this is all for RNs. As an investor, which is what I am, I ha- I own the brand. I, I have all of the, you know, again, we have spas on a national level now. Um, the doctors come in with their corporations and they place their corporations. They run all the, we run all the payroll, all the nurses work for them. All the staff works for them. And we simply manage that whole operation. And we get paid as a manager. We get paid as a business entity that does the business work. Now, heads up, there are um, things that are um, coming up in legislature that will maybe even eliminate that role in the state of California. We don't know yet. That's all in the works. But right now, the only thing that, you know, that you can do is number one, partner with a doctor that is running his own practice, has a practice, can do things, you know, can, and, and is specialized in this space. Mm-hmm. You were talking about earlier, Marissa, I don't know if it was the prior podcast or this one, but how people are popping up with these, like, other licenses that are like pediatrics and sometimes yeah, I mean, they're, dentists yeah, doing they're, this yeah they're licensed but their their specialty is something completely not aesthetics and it's scary <laughs> and they're not bringing in experience injectors um to start treating patients they're just they're taking a two-day course and they think that they're able yeah. to start treating people so it's mm-hmm Yeah. And that's the other thing that you have to look for is just because they have a medical license does not mean that you want to partner with them as your, you know, medical arm of your spa, because, um, yeah, they, at the end of the day, they have to be able to put out the fire. If someone messes up and you will mess up, there's no doubt that you're going to have a situation. And Marissa, you said that earlier that, you know, you're going to botch a couple faces. It's going to happen. Or you're going to burn somebody with a laser. That's going to happen. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, then there's things you can do. There's steps you can take by um, having a mentor, someone that teaches you along the way and asking questions is huge. What drives me nuts is, you know, ner- newer nurses that don't, don't ask. Like we had, um, a patient that came in after getting hyperpigmented on her scar on her forehead. And I look at the picture and it's an ice pick scar. And mind you, this nurse doesn't work with us anymore, but you know, ice pick scars, they, they need a biopsy. like the dermatologist, whoever does it has to actually take a biopsy, take the piece of the skin out and suture it back together. Cause ice pick scars are one of the hardest to treat, or you could do a little TCA peel and that actually will help it. But you know, we should never be microneedling on a scar like that. So, but, you know, asking questions, what can we do for the scars? It's something that we can treat, um, you know, going to, and then going to, to your resources, people that actually know the answers, not just guessing, you know, and not just thinking, you know, everything. Yeah. And so your, your medical director has to be able to help you in this space. Right. So if you're partnering with someone that is, 
you know, not knowledgeable in this stuff or has never done a Botox injection or has never done any kind or doesn't understand lasers or understand frequency and lasers or understand how the anatomy of the face works. And they're doing, you know, a whole nother industry just in the name of money. They are like, yeah, let's open a med spa. You are going to carry so much on your shoulders as a, um, just a liable source. And then how much are you going to be able to put out that fire at the end of the day? Are you, it, it, it will hit the fan. Marissa and I both have had to answer to legal, you know, scenarios where I think you had, you had to actually defend, um, uh, a practice at some point, um, with a, a, a patient lawsuit situation, right? Yeah. Um, not to like get into too much detail, but, um, you know, I've never actually been in a courtroom where I've been dispositioned. Is that right. what it's called? You're, yeah. Yeah. A deposition. Um, yeah. yeah. A deposition. Um, but there have been cases where patients have threatened mm-hmm. to, you know, and I go into the medical director's office and, you know, this is lesson learned, but my notes, my, my progress notes and my patient notes were not as thorough as they should have been. And that's all part of just learning, you know, and I, I'm on top of, um, as the lead nurse at loose on top of the nurses in their notes, how, if it's not ever, if it never is, if it's not documented, it never happened. And 99% of the time it will save you in a court of law. If you, um, you know, write everything down, if you have a consent form, if you have pictures, that's all part of their chart and their documentation. So, but you know, I did, you know, I learned my lesson that, so what ended up happening was the uh, patient was too tan and we ended up doing laser hair removal on her and she ended up with hyperpigmented spots. And mind you, this was like a red flag from day one, mm-hmm. <laughs> one of those patients. Um, and, you know, she swore up and down that she didn't have a tan and she wasn't going to the tanning salon. But if you look at her pictures, she definitely did have some color and we should have, I should have turned her away. I should have said no. Um, and you know, yeah. learn. And so the charting situation, I mean, that's a huge piece, you know, and it's like, how do I even chart for this? I mean, as nurses, you're, you're probably already trained to do good charting, but how do you chart for the purpose of aesthetics? There is a formula to it. And, um, we'll be sharing a lot of that in the future with like, uh, documentation and pieces like that. But again, your medical director has got to be so in touch with all of this. Um, so how do you find a medical director that is in touch and knows first and foremost, don't be afraid to put out an ad. You know, it's, it's very easy to put out an ad on indeed and start like interviewing people. There's no reason why you can't do that. There's no law against that. Um, I've done that for years. I've always found medical directors that, um, it gives me a plethora of people to talk to for sure. And then there's agencies out there that work with folks like this, um, that are recruiting agencies for medical directors. I think job snob is one of them. Um, they also recruit for nurses and different things like that. So, start doing your homework. Don't settle in this world. You do not have to settle for someone that just is gracing you with their license. That's the number one thing. Um, you're set out to do things right. You're set out to make sure you make a name for yourself. Your reputation will carry for the rest of your career. I cannot tell you how many people 
um, I have either run into or someone that has out of the blue, you know, crossed my path from years ago that I know they're crazy and they don't belong in this space. And I will immediately not, you know, if I see that they're going to, I think you've run into situations like this too, Marissa, where it's like, I don't want to work with this person and this person's crazy. <laughs> I know them from a, you know, five years ago or whatever. It's a small yeah. world. No, you don't want to burn. You definitely don't want to burn bridges and you don't want to be known as someone that is, um, you know, hard to work with. And that causes a lot of drama because, you know, Los Angeles alone is millions of people, but the aesthetic industry is very small. So, um, yeah, it, it does carry with you. So years and years, it does (laughs) not, you can't wash that stuff off. It will carry with you. I have a reputation for being kind of a, a, a bitch in the sense that, um, (laughs) I, and I'll own that all day because, um, I get, I even get Yelp reviews on that. But can I just say though, you might be, people might call you that, but I've worked with a lot of people and, but you know, your shit. I don't know if I can curse. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And I think that you give everybody a fair chance, but when they cross that line and they show crazy, they show crazy, then done. (laughs) And yeah. And I, I, yeah. I've had that, you know, that that's followed me over the years. And I've gotten to a point where I'm just like, yeah, you know, why, why do I turn into a bitch? And why do I actually, I I end up drawing that line nine times out of 10. I'm kind of a mama bear when it comes down to this stuff. I am very protective of the nurses. I don't allow clients to, and, and we're in a high maintenance space and we're in a high maintenance world. Um, and everybody knows everyone, everything's very transparent out there because people write about you. And I have this policy that you cannot come in and be a drama queen or a, um, a prima donna with my nurses or any of my staff, and then expect to be able to come back. Number one, Mm -hmm. um, that energy stays in your spa and it carries on to the next client and the next client who don't deserve that. I mean, you can't just reset once someone decides to like toxify the, the environment. Right. Um, and so I do my best to get those people. I'm, I'm very curt with those people. I'm very, as a matter of fact, and I'm very intentionally ready for them to go away and to write about it. And then I am all about getting back on there. Maybe this is my own, like, um, just kind of like, ego trip or whatever, but I will go on there and I will explain the other side of the story so yes. that people no, can go, make- go, go to the Yelp page and see her <laughs> responses. Cause they are classic. They deserve their own Instagram page. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and I've actually, over the years, again, 10 years of being in the space over the years, I've had clients come in and literally seek our spas out because <laughs> of the no bullshit situation. And they'll tell me, I literally came here because of the, 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 the clapbacks on your Yelp review. <laughs> It's not something I'm proud of. It's just something that I feel like as consumers, people need to know this bitch was crazy and, and we just don't do crazy. And that also applies to your staff. If you've got a crazy one on the staff, the first thing to do is to cut that out because that'll toxify the rest of the team. There is nothing worse than coming into a work environment where, you know, you've got, especially in this space where it is an art. And we are mm-hmm. practicing an art, a dangerous art. You cannot have, you know, oh, you know what? I was drinking all night and I just decided to just like come in anyways. But I mean, I just said, and I'm, I'm having all these problems and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no girl, we'll hear you. We love you. Um, but it's time to snap into, you know, professionalism mode here. And 
we got to get things done. So, um, yeah, it's, it's important to really understand that, you know, what you do in this space carries with you, stays with you. There is no exception and people will remember you, you know, for years to come as, you know, either someone that's ethical and stands by your work, um, or someone that's just kind of, you know, not, not willing to back up her work or, or back up their, you know, point of view. And like I said, I, I have that reputation of just like, she'll, you know, she gives every opportunities. You're right, Marissa, I do. But when it comes down to you, you bring in the crazy or you bring in the drama or you bring in the stuff, I will cut that out in a heartbeat. I don't believe anyone should ever have to live within that kind of toxic environment. Right. Yeah. And yeah, you, I mean, you've and had that in your workspace before you've had to come to work, like in your, in your years of working in a clinic. Oh my God. Last year, I almost like was thinking that aesthetics wasn't for me. Cause I was like, I was almost getting like, I was getting depressed because of the situation I was in and didn't think that it was for me. And, but yeah, it can get really tough. It really can get tough, but I love you for that because, you know, not every place is like that. Um, you know, working in aesthetics, you, we don't have to treat everyone. We can turn people away right. and, um, it saves you. It saves us from possible lawsuits when people are red flags Yep. and they're, they're, you know, oh gosh. Yeah. I mean, just saying that it's not a fit. I've heard you say that before to clients <laughs> coming in and, <laughs> you know, this is, this isn't a fit. Mm-hmm. Um, what there was a, client that came in 15 minutes late and she, you know, was throwing a fit over how, you know, we'll, we're back to back with, with clients. And she's like, Oh no, Oh no, I'm getting treated today. And she was just going off. Mm -hmm. And that's not how you get your way. You don't get your way by mistreating people and just thinking that, (laughs) right. You know, you can just mistreat people. Mm -mm. And that's the whole thing too. It's like, I never understood that either. It's like, you're actually treating the people that are putting needles and laser pointing them at your face. You're treating them badly. Right. <laughs> that's not a good, not a good initial, you know, way to start this relationship, Yeah. but they do and they will. And, and the, and I guess the reason why we're touching on all this is because as part of your journey of getting, you know, your ducks in a row, finding the right medical doctor that, you know, you can partner with finding the right, you know, business manager, someone that will really have your back and make sure that you are not put into the, the room with someone that is crazy or unreasonable or has wrong expectations and be required. Required is definitely a word that, you know, many times comes up to treat them in the name of making a buck. Um, no, no, you're allowed to, you know, definitely set those boundaries. You must set those boundaries. And, um, and it's, it's incredibly important that you're vocal about it. Um, I had a, an esthetician, actually, she wasn't a nurse, but I had an esthetician like treating this woman was absolutely, she was already, I saw the writing on the wall. She was a little bit just emphatic and just had this like let me, let me pause everything you're doing. Cause I need to tell you about what I've got going on. And that's great. We'd love to hear the stories, but when there's five people standing in line, ready to check out and you don't, you don't read the room and you're all like, everybody needs to wait on me telling you the story. Mm-hmm. Then those are red flags for us. We're like, okay, so you clearly don't care about anybody, but yourself. And you see that people are trying to, you know, go about their lives, check out, go back to work and all the other stuff. And you don't care. 
So we started kind of seeing these patterns and the final straw was when she sat in the chair and laid down and looked at my, um, my esthetician who's African-American and she's like, your skin is so nice. Where do you come from? And what is your background? And started kind of digging on things like that and made her feel not in, it was almost like, um, it was almost like a little bit of this just weird energy of like, let me just categorize you or where, you know, and just, and so she came out and she was almost in tears. And I was like, what's going on? And she goes, I just didn't feel right about that. She started asking me about my background and why, and why, you know, all this stuff and making me feel odd. And granted in normal circumstances, we would have pulled the client aside and been like, um, yeah, so this was kind of not cool. She was feeling a little bit weird. Let's not do that anymore. Let's make sure and maybe give a chance to like talk to her and apologize and, um, and be a little bit, you know, more just clear about why, you know, these things were said or whatever. It wasn't, it wasn't like crazy in the sense what she was asking. It was just the tone and how she was kind of digging on her. Mm-hmm. But because she had already demonstrated crazy, the one or two appointments prior to her coming in, and I could already tell there was something there that wasn't right. I just invited her to, you know, just not come back. Um, Just, just let it be, you know, we're glad we were able to take care of you for the time that you were with us, but this really isn't a fit. Um, And, and then she wanted to like go in and talk to the esthetician and be like, well, let me explain. And let me, and I'm just like, no, she's already feeling a little bit weird and it's okay. You know, we are glad we were able to like take care of you up to this point. God bless. And, you know, you just love people from afar, but not, um, you don't have to be married to them. You certainly don't have to work with them. You certainly don't have to treat them if it's not a fit and know that 100% before you get into this space, we're not ER, you know, we're not emergency room. We're not a, you know, we're not even a, a, a healthcare, you know, facility in that sense where somebody's dying or needs our medical attention. These are elective services. These are things that people can live without, you know, and there is absolutely no reason in the world why you have to, um, bend. Absolutely. Take people's shit. You touched on a little bit about like, and, um, touched on medical directors and finding, you know, and putting ads out. I think a lot of it too, is finding people to work with that. You guys have the same, um, morals and same ethics. And I think that's really important too, if you're going to go into business relationship with them. And, you know, one of the reasons Patty, when we talked about before I even came on board at loose was, um, you know, I, I know that we would, we worked well together in the past and we'd work and, you know, I think that you're, um, you have a great thing going. Um, I sound a lot like I'm kind of kissing your ass. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. I love you. Um, but yeah, I mean, just finding people to work with, even people that you work, that work under you, that, that have the same ethics and goals in mind. That's, that's huge. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of save you a lot of trouble and people that aren't just like, Oh, what was me, you know, and just drama all the time, you know? (laughs) Right. And you've said that to me over the years too, with like people that, because, you know, it's a friend's business. Nurses are friends and they talk and they're always like, you know, what are you doing? I'm doing this aesthetic thing. I want to do it too. You know, how do I get in and stuff like that. And so, but if you have a weird feeling and you worked with her at a hospital or you worked with her at another office and you already kind of saw some stuff on the wall, mind you, you know, you can still be a good friend, but it doesn't mean you have to help them get in on what you're doing. 
um, if you think it's going to cause you more drama. And we've had those situations where a couple of nurses have come in and um, one of them was great. And the other one was just not, you know, I, I understood the friendship. One was kind of a, a kind of a supplementary, you know, I guess therapist to the other one. And <laughs> it was like, oh, I see now how you guys are friends. This, you absolutely latched onto each other. And this poor girl is trying to make a career for yourself, for herself. And then the other one is like sucking her blood. You know, it's like, <laughs> you know, you don't owe that to anybody, you know, you can very much be like, you know what, I'm building my career. Um, I'll keep you posted on how you can do it too, but you don't have to bring them in. And you certainly got to remember that again, elective services, it's a high trust business. And, um, you have to really know, you know, that you want to work with these people. You got it. You want to work with that medical director. You want to work with the staff that's there. You want to work with the clients that are allowed to come in there. We have a lot of Groupon clients. Um, actually pretty proud of that. We do really well with Groupon. Um, a lot of people don't, but we have a really specific formula working with them. We've had nothing but success for a good 10 years in every spa. A lot of the spas I consulted on, um, were, um, anti-Groupon and all that stuff. And I was like, oh, you're missing a market. There's a lot going on there that, you know, may seem like it's all discounted, but there's a whole formula to that. And so we do get the Groupon crazies and people that are, you know, just not a good fit that way too. And there's ways to make sure that that doesn't happen. Um, you know, there's, again, you have to have a good business person in the hot seat that's willing to take those escalations, willing to work through, those challenges and not make it all about, you know, just making money, which that's great, but you really do have to have that sound, um, confident, you know, person that's going to be that front end for you as a practitioner, because you can't get rattled. You cannot be putting out fires. You cannot be put in those hot seats all day long and expect to be able to have the wits about you to be able to actually perform and do those services in a good, efficient and safe way. Um, so that's another piece is like, I know finding the medical director is important, but finding a good business partner is just as important. Right. Yeah. Getting to know them on a personal level. I mean, I would, yeah, not that I've, um, you know, taken that route yet, but, you know, knowing how they are too, just in their personal life. I don't know. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, um, lots to, you know, dissect and definitely tease out in those, um, in those aspects when it comes down to it, but definitely do your homework, put out those ads. You can legally put out an ad to hire a medical director any day. Doesn't mean you're hiring them. Doesn't mean you're putting them on your payroll. Um, doesn't mean you're even partnering on, a. and again, not legal advice, but definitely something to remember when you talk to your lawyer is, can I actually be a stock shareholder in this med spa um, practice? And the answer as of today in the state of California is no. Um, we cannot have ownership as um, non-MDs. There may be some, there's definitely room for NPs to do that. Yes. So if you are an NP, you can do that all day. Um, but you can partner with them. You can align yourself with them. You can be a referral source and definitely work on a, um, on an employee level of that medical director. And it is how you structure those contracts. When you ask about those contracts, where do I find those contracts? Do not pull them down from the internet or find some, you know, watered down relationship partnership agreement. That is, you're just asking for, it. I promise you the medical board will ask to see that, that arrangement, that piece of paper. 
and you will find yourself having to legally defend it. Um, you need to work with an outfit that is going to properly write these for you that are, um, they're skilled to know how to, what language to use and make sure that things are incredibly clear, um, as to, you know, how things are getting paid out, how, who owns what, if you buy the equipment, you know, like in the state of Texas, we can buy the equipment all day. We can't run those machines unless we have a prescription from the doctor saying we're allowed to run those machines and they have to be specced out and they have a, um, a quality control, um, agency, kind of like the health board that comes in and they say, I want to see your book of, um, they have, they require a a laser, um, safety officer on site. I want to see your LSO book. And I want to see where those lasers are and the VIN codes and all this different. I mean, they are sticklers about that. And that's in a practice where you don't need to have a medical director um, own it. You can own it without have, being a doctor in the state of Texas, but you do have to have a medical director who is running his practice and is partnered with you for that, the purpose of that entity. So again, every state is different. Um, you are so wise to be, you know, a member of the, um, AMSPA organization. They put out documents. They have this last magazine that they sent out, had a literal map of every state in the nation and what's allowed to be done in every state of the nation, which was such a huge, we're in the process of franchising. Um, so it's such a huge gift for us to have those, you know, visuals. Um, but they even go as far as again, referring you to the attorney firms that are specialized in this space and will be able to give you, um, sound advice on what you're going to need, uh, contracts, spend some money guys. It's worth it. I I know a lot of times, you know, you're like, Oh, I want to do this on a shoestring budget. I don't have huge dollars. You know, it doesn't take a lot of money to do things the right way. You can hire these attorney firms for a few thousand dollars. You can open and work, um, and build, with another few thousand dollars, you know, a good 10 grand will get you so far. That's a simple loan in many cases. Um, and that's a refi on your car. That's, you know, and that's how I started with my spas. I actually refied my car and I had some money and I started, you know, working to get things lined out, um, and build and hire those attorneys and do all the things that I needed to do. Um, but it's, it's so incredibly worth it um, to have these pieces in place and know where you stand and how you're going to go about it. If you're actually venturing out on your own, but again, until you've done this for at least two years or worked under a practice or another doctor for at least two years, I don't recommend trying to venture out on your own. There's so much that you need to learn first. Mm -hmm. So those are my two cents. Marissa, do you have any other, um, points before we close? So there is an organization called ISPAN that if you are a uh, registered nurse, nurse practitioner, um, you can join it and there's meetings every year. But if you want to get your uh, certified aesthetic nurse specialist uh, certification, your medical director has to be a plastic surgeon or a dermatologist. So keep that in mind if the CAN certification is something that you're looking to do in the future. Um, in your career, you have to have, there's requirements, one, one of them being your medical director is important. So if you're, you know, signing a contract or working with a, you know, endocrinologist that opened up a med spa, mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to get that certification. So, yeah, yeah. So incredibly important. Again, vet your people, vet your team. 
vet your fellow workers um, and prepare the right way, you will be so grateful um, in the end. I mean, I, I've had those crazy partners in this business where literally um, we'll wrap on this note. Cause it's kind of a funny one, but when, um, <laughs> when Marissa and I were working together um, in the early years, we actually had um, crazy management team. Again, I was a manager. I was invested in the actual spa part of the house, but I didn't own the medical practice, but we were partnered with um, a, a doctor that owned the medical practice. And there was a fallout with the management team, the upper management team. I wasn't there that day, but Marissa was on site. Um, and there was a fallout between them and the doctor's medical practice. This is a funny story today, but back then it was frightening. Um, I got the call that, you know, this doctor's here, he's going crazy. And he was literally wheeling out machines out the door, claiming they were his. He didn't buy them, by the way. The, the management team bought the machines. But he was like, I'm the medical director and I have say so and I'm taking my machines. And they're like, they're not your machines. And they got into like a. Oh, they a, were like literally fighting. I was there. So I, I could. Yeah. So go ahead. They're like fighting about. over the machine. Give me my machine. No, it's not your machine. <laughs> so we had to call security. And, you know, I'm just like standing there like, what the fuck is going you on? You are a newer nurse. And I'm thinking to myself, these poor girls, they're having to watch this play out. This is their, these are their leaders. Welcome to your leaders. Oh my God. That was, that was insane. I mean, among a, a lot of other stuff that went on, but that was like the icing on the cake. And I was just like, oh. I think you quit like a little bit after that, didn't you? You were like, I, well, like, what oh. happened was I, I moved to Santa Clarita and I was going to Studio City to their other location. And the drive was, was too much for me. But honestly, I could have made that drive if it was like a little <laughs> bit less, a little less crazy. And, so yeah. and we, then, and then we see, oh my gosh, Patty, we see him at, oh, the dinner, doctor. like we're years <laughs> later, a decade later, we go to a, 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 you know, like I said, this is when I say you cannot wash this stuff off. You don't just get to reset a button. This, this reputation will follow you. <laughs> we're at a convention or we're at a dinner with one of the like providers and, you know, it's all fancy dinner in Beverly Hills and they're serving us lobster or whatever the hell they were giving us all these different, you know, fancy courses. And in walks this doctor <laughs> in walks the doctor that was fighting over the laser, <laughs> was pulling, pulling these lasers, getting like literally physical. Weren't they getting physical? They were like, no, well, they were, they were just fighting. They were going back and forth over the machine. Yeah. Over the machine. Yeah. And so it was, but I don't like, think, I don't think any fists were thrown or anyone was injured, but I heard there was like a, somebody like push somebody against the wall or something like that. I don't know. Maybe, I, heard, I don't know. I heard some, you know, some, I might've ran to the back and hid actually. <laughs> you, that's probably true. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Um, so in, he walks in casual as can be. And we're like, oh, hi. Oh, hi. And it he was comes, the most awkward dinner. He comes and sits right next to you. It's right next to us. And we're like, how's life? Are you still beating the shit out of people in your practice? I don't know. It's like crazy talk. And again, Beverly Hills, LA, it all goes. There's no shame in this town. People will do whatever they want to do and they don't care. They'll show up and smile and, and hug you the next day. But yeah. It's yeah, it's like kind of the, the it goes with the territory out here, but yeah. in anybody else's 
regular life, that's some traumatizing stuff. And so, I mean, I've like gotten to the point where I just like, whatever, you know, it's your, it's your name, your reputation. But again, it's like somebody ever. And in fact, I have had people ask me about this doctor. He was trying to partner with another colleague of mine and I've had to tell him, okay, so I'm going to tell you what happened. You can make a decision there. But it was like, and they could not believe I was like telling them what went down. And it was like, yeah, it, it happened. And this guy's a little wacko, you know, but he's still practicing today and has, you know, actually med spas all over town. So there you go. Yeah. Good so, for him. <laughs> right. Good for him. <laughs> so on that note, definitely be picky, um, have some good standards, you know, feel free to, you know, DM us and, and talk to us if you have any questions, but, um, yeah, it's, it's a journey and it's not, it's not an easy overnight one either. I'm going to wrap on that guys. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, and then we look forward to hearing you, um, your stories and different, uh, questions and so on. We'll touch on those in the future podcast. Feel free to follow us, um, on our Instagram. I'm Patty Rappa, Marissa, Yours is nurse Marissa underscore after each name. And yeah, we'll catch up with you next time. Take care. Bye.